The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of, Nazareth of Galilee. He was baptized by John in the Jordan, and just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you all from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Every year, Lent begins in the wilderness with the temptation of Jesus. We might think of this season as our time to pay close attention to his journey to the cross, to see again his great love for us and our response to that love. It makes some sense that we start where he started, in the wilderness. So today, let's consider the wilderness that we encounter in our lives. In the Bible, the wilderness is a place of temptation, testing, purification, struggle, challenge. Does that sound familiar? Have you had any of those times in your life? And did you notice that it is just after his baptism that Jesus goes there? His baptism, where the heavens tore open and the Spirit came down into Jesus and he heard that message of identity and belonging from God. You are my son, my beloved. Immediately after that blessed and profound event, and I mean there is no pause for a party, there are no gifts, there's no nice baptism lunch surrounded by family, it's just boom, right now, Jesus, you're going off to be tempted by Satan. Mark doesn't tell us much about the temptation of Jesus. No details about who said what or what our Lord went through. He doesn't tell us much, but he tells us enough. He gives us something to hold on to in our own wilderness places. Here's what he said. And the Spirit immediately drove Jesus out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. So first we learn that Jesus did not choose the wilderness. It wasn't a little excursion he decided to go on to get more steps on his Fitbit. <laughs> According to Mark, the Spirit drove Jesus there. And it rings true, doesn't it, that we don't choose our wilderness? We don't usually volunteer for loss or pain or struggle, but it happens to most of us anyway. It may look like a hospital waiting room or a broken relationship, like a troubled child, the loss of a loved one, mental health challenges, hard things that visit our lives this side of heaven. 
Since it was God's Spirit that sent Jesus into the wilderness, the Spirit must have known that those 40 days, having a face-off with Satan, were something Jesus needed for his mission. I'm not really sure that I have had the sense of the Spirit driving me into a wilderness. Maybe you have had that sense, and it has given you comfort and strength as you went through it. I have been required to go through some hard things, but I'm more likely to say, really, Lord, I protest. Do I need to deal with this now? I'm not a fan. And I kind of hear the Lord saying, well, I'm not a fan of it either, but you know I'm going to help you through it. My mother was more accepting of what life gave her. When she was about 90, she got COPD, a lung disease. Her kids were very upset with this diagnosis, but she said to us, well, something's got to get you, and it might as well be this. (laughs) Okay, Mom, I guess we'll just stay calm and face this together. Well, however these wilderness times come to us, This one life we are given will very likely have some hard times. And of course, some losses are just so tragic and senseless that they seem impossible to bear. Now, I don't believe that God wants us to suffer or wants illness or grief for us. But this world, after all, is fragile and broken, and we humans are fragile and broken too. Yet, have you ever had the sense, going through a difficult time, not of your choosing, that it was not for nothing? That God was with you, accomplishing something in you or through you in this time? The wilderness in the Bible is a dangerous place, but it's also a fruitful place where you come out on the other side a deeper person, a deeper, more faithful community. So, Lord, if we must go through these times of trouble, please use them well. Help us learn everything we can learn. We might pray, Lord, I don't want this, but I do want you to use it for the good. You may have heard that we are looking at Jonah in our Wednesday evening Lenten series (laughs) called Running from Grace. Cindy Carlson told me that in a children's telling of this story, when God tells Jonah that he must go to the enemy city, Nineveh, Jonah says over and over, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't want to go to Nineveh. And it's become a little refrain for me when I'm faced with something I don't want to do. Although we don't want to go to Nineveh, we don't want to go to the wilderness, God goes with us. So hope is there too. So... First, Mark lets us know that Jesus did not choose the wilderness. Second, the wilderness struggle can be long. Forty days and forty nights for Jesus, in harsh conditions, with Satan testing and tempting him. It cannot have passed easily or quickly. Was each day a battle of body, mind, and spirit? Remember that it came right after his baptism when he was filled with the Spirit and heard the absolute truth that he was God's beloved Son? Now, if I were Satan, the main thing I would want Jesus to forget was exactly that, that he was God's beloved. I wonder if if Satan hammered away at him day after day and week after week 
to try to make him doubt that first and most important reality, to convince him that he could get his identity from power or popularity or anything other than God. I wonder if as the weeks dragged on, the memory of his father's voice ever grew dim for Jesus. Well, Mark tells us that Jesus came out of it preaching. The time is fulfilled. So whatever Satan tried to do, Jesus remembered who he was and got on with it. Our struggles may last a long time, too. Weeks, months, years. We are accustomed to things happening quickly, aren't we? I get irritated by a slightly slow computer, and I get annoyed at needing to give my old car two whole minutes to warm up on a cold day before I race off. If only all of our issues could be swiftly handled. But Jesus' experience here tells us we may go through things that are not quickly resolved. And in the midst of illness or loss or spiritual dry places, we may be tempted to doubt that God really is hearing our prayers and caring about what we're going through. We may be tempted to doubt that we are God's beloved even now, which is exactly what we need to remember. In those times, it's vitally important that we spend time in prayer, pouring out our truth to God, whatever it is. God, I'm weary. Lord, this isn't turning out the way I hoped and prayed and I don't understand, but you have promised that you will never leave me or forsake me, so help me remember that. I can't do this on my own. Complaining, lamenting to God, that's just fine. Ignoring God is the worst thing we can do in those times. And when the struggle is long, we especially need to remember that God is in the business of going into the darkness of the wilderness with us and wringing resurrection out of it. This is our hope, and it is a very good thing to remember at the beginning of Lent. God wrings life out of death in this world and in the next. It's beyond what we can do, but it's what God does. So we don't choose the wilderness. The struggle can last a long time. And one more thing we learn from Mark's account. There are angels in the wilderness. They ministered to Jesus. Did they comfort him? Did they let him know he was not alone? Did they flap their shimmering wings to give him a cool breeze in the heat of the day? Did they encourage the wild beasts to lie down peacefully with him? We can wonder about all the details, but Mark wants us to know this. Angels were there helping him. Have you seen angels in your wilderness? What form do they take? I believe there are actual angels around us. The Bible tells us about them. But there are other very human, quite angelic beings, too, that convey God's love and care to us. After church last night, a member said, my friend is one of those angels. Her husband is very ill, and she cares for him so beautifully. I just walk behind her and pick up the feathers from her angel wings. How beautiful is that? I've heard this from you when you talk about being ill or grieving, that you have come to realize in a deeper way how much your family and friends love you 
and you have a sense of God's love flowing through them and into you. They may show up at the right moment or call or say in no uncertain terms they're picking you up for lunch. They surround you at a funeral. They hold you up. They remind you that God has a future for you. They drop off soup. They hold you in prayer. And when you've had this experience of being ministered to by angels, you also want to be an angel for someone else's wilderness journey because you know it means the world. So Mark teaches us we don't choose the wilderness and it can last a long time and there are angels there to help us. My friends, God is with us. God is at work in each wilderness that we face for our sake and for the sake of the world that God loves so much. May God's presence give us courage for today and hope for tomorrow. And when the angels surrounding us whisper, you are beloved, may we know they are speaking for God and believe. In the name of Jesus, amen.